Once upon a time, there was a little village girl, the prettiest that had ever been seen. Her mother doted on her. Her grandmother was even fonder and made her a little red hood, which became her so well that everywhere she went, she went by the name of Naked Mango. <laughs> Welcome back to the Warhammer Lorecast. I am your host, <laughs> Naked Mango, the prettiest girl that ever did red writing. And with me today, as always, is my co-host, the Almighty Crit. What the fuck was that intro? <laughs> you know what? The most anticipated part of any of these episodes for me is that fucking intro. I am always waiting to know what you fucking say next. I try really hard to make these very entertaining. <laughs> Uh, there's going to be like a YouTube montage of just your intros and I can't wait. Goals. I'll know I've made it when there's a YouTube montage of just my voice saying weird shit. (laughs) Today, we're going to backtrack just a little bit to talk about what happened when the emperor started finding his primarchs one by one. This will give some insight into why some of them decided to be whiny little shits and go off to fuck those little robot dog toys from the 90s or whatever it is that Slanesh is into. Uh, Oh no, it's getting worse. (laughs) Aaron, I have definitely told you who was found first, so let me ask. Oh shit. Who do you think was found first? Oh... Was it, um, wow, I'm trying to remember the Primarch's names now. (laughs) Was it Uwu Space Wolves? No. They were second. Oh, God. Anyway. It was close. I just want everyone here to know that in my notes, I have typed out, wow, so wrong, you loser. Everyone take a moment to point and laugh. (laughs) I have that typed out in my notes because I knew you weren't going to get it. I would not. It was Horus. Ah, shit. I should have guessed that one first. Yes, especially since I've said multiple times that Horus was the first one found. (laughs) Listen, I only come for the good, good content of the Blood Angels. Everything else is obsolete. I wish I could say I only come for the good, good, but really not the case in my experience. (laughs) Anyway, whatever Horus was sent off into the abyss by Papa Nergs and the Chaos crew, he landed on the world of Chthonia. Chthonia was a mining world, and more importantly, a hive world. This doesn't mean much except to say that where there are hive worlds, there are, you guessed it, literal fucking gangs. So guess who raised wee little baby Hori? Oh. I don't know. Gangs, baby. Oh my gosh. Just straight up gangs. No wonder Horace was fucked in the head. Just a raised straight up mafia style. Oh my gosh. This affected Horace in a multitude of ways, obviously. But one of the more prominent ones, weirdly enough, was that he spoke the most common and roughest form of quote unquote ganger, which made the other Primarchs laugh because, you know. Big, big boy, Papa favorite, Horace, speaking like he's from fucking South London or some shit. If anybody's listening from South London, I have no idea what you talk like. I 
I, anyway. <laughs> it's said that Horace never did anything by accident. So it's commonly believed that he actually continued on this accent to kind of appear more human and approachable by his Marines. Just another one of the guys, basically. And from those lovable, murdering bastards, meaning the gangs, were where a lot of the original Lunar Wolves wound up being recruited from. Those were his people. Some say that the Emperor found him, but nobody really knows where. Some say that Horus found his way back to Terra in order to learn directly from the Emperor. Personally, I lean towards Horus being found on Chthonia, but it is deliberately a mystery. Horus is actually one of the only Primarchs where there honestly is not that much info. And I think it's because a lot of the records were expunged due to him being the favorite. Can't have Daddy Imps being wrong. Now can we? Mm. Most of the Primarchs, even if it's inconsistent, do have a lot of information about their childhood and stuff like that. Not with Horus. He landed on Chthonia. Then he found the Emperor. Uh, there's very little info about him actually being on Chthonia. Chthonia was relatively close to Terra, to the point where even during the Age of Strife, there was still like a little bit of contact. So when Imps got to it, he was literally kind of like, uh, gangs, interesting. Honestly, fuck you and this whole mangy-ass planet. But also, I kind of need troops. So, like, hey, everybody, how you doing? I'm your dad. Come die for my dad. Come fight the Xenos scum <laughs> with me. And then, boom, he had a shitload of troops. And from those troops is where, basically, they went to kind of like little boy boot camp. And then all of the exceptional soldiers were then taken to become the first Lunar Wolves. Then for a whole last 30 years, Pepe Imps and the Hohmeister traveled together, conquering the galaxy until one day the Emperor felt the presence of another Primarch and just fucking dipped. That's not fair. He like warned everybody. He didn't just, nobody woke up and he was just gone. But he left Horus in charge of the whole ass fucking thing. He was on, he, he, he got control of the flagship. He was in charge. And everybody was genuinely pretty much cool with it. Horus was quite literally everything the Emperor wanted out of his sons. He was the perfect son. Phenomenal leader. Everybody loved him. Even as they slowly found more and more Primarchs, it was clear that Horus was the greatest of them. Of course, brothers squabble about who's strongest and who's fastest or who can pee in a line the farthest. But the general consensus was that overall Horus was the top dog. One of the gifts that Horus seemed to have was an ability to make people not want to fucking kill each other. <laughs> like the Emperor would, for the most part, land and just kind of be like, bow, motherfucker. And if anybody was like, I don't really like, do you, why don't you go fuck yourself? And then they would just kind of explode because <laughs> he's the Emperor. But Horus actually came up with the idea to learn their cultures and approach the various leaders as was customary on that planet. This, in several occasions, almost completely negated any and all bloodshed. It was an incredibly diplomatic approach. It was said that he had inhuman charisma, like a bard that's super fuckable, 
But like with his mind and words and stuff. <laughs> but like with his mind and like words and stuff. Oh my god. Oh my god. He also encouraged competitiveness between the legions, which developed into rivalries. And that, in turn, turned into straight up fucking hatred when the war broke out. Oh my god. Welcome back for the second time. There was a teeny tiny gigantic emergency that happened and stuff. So Aaron is not currently here, but I refuse to let you motherfuckers miss a single goddamn episode. So I'm finishing this son of a bitch on my own and with two minions. I found them on the side of the road, except for the one that owns the house I rent. I'd like to introduce everyone to two of my friends. Sithriel, otherwise known as Sean. Hello. And the great, the unknown, Moosey Tooth, or Deej. Some of you actually do know him. Hello. We're going to try and finish up with Horus. This is obviously going to be kind of a shorter episode due to the nature of things. I brought them on because I fucking hate podcasts with only one person. So hopefully they'll liven it up a little bit. Deej knows not a damn thing about 40k. He just sits really close to me, and it would be rude if I did this without him. And Sean has actually, he's been playing 40k much longer than I have. So he is actually fairly knowledgeable, but his faction has nothing to do with horse. I know, it's lame. <laughs> we'll get to the Drakari someday. One day. I get no love. <laughs> so we, t- we left off talking about Horus and stuff and things. So I'm going to kind of go over a few things, kind of add a, a few more things before we get back into it. Horus had a profound understanding of the human mind. He was actually the one to notice the individual skills of the Primarchs with their legions. This helped This helped him do things, like have the White Scars and Night Lords lead quick attacks while the Imperial Fists and Iron Warriors led sieges. We talked briefly about, well, not briefly, we kind of talked about the Eleanor battle with the orcs in the orcs episode. But a kind of a brief reminder that the Emperor once again trusted Horus fully to lead at least half of the Armada so that the Emperor could go one way and do some missions while Horus went the other. Like any other brothers, the Primarchs fought constantly, but Horus sought to make everyone all chill and shit helping them with issues and listening to their problems. Giving Angron a teddy bear when his night terrors kicked in, or pretending like he was going to give Conrad Kurz a hug, then yelling, psych! Because that little emo fuck wouldn't stop blurring all-American rejects and crying at night about how daddy didn't love him. When it came time for the Emperor to choose a war master, it went about as well as you expected. You had Sanguinius, Lorgar, and Fulgrim who were like, yeah, all right, that makes sense. He is Horus. Makes sense. Then you had the edgy teens, Angron and Perturabo, who, through no apparent fucking logic, thought it should have been them and were super pissy that Papa Amps didn't choose them again for no reason. And then you had the ones like Russ and the Lion, who truly did not give a single shit. The Emperor could have said the stain left behind by his swamp ass was in charge, and they would have been chill with it. He said it, and that was the law. And then, of course, Conrad Kurz 
didn't know it was happening because he had just discovered My Chemical Romance. <laughs> Lots of daddy issues. Well, that happens when your dad's kind of a giant piece of shit as a dad. Sure, he's a pretty good person, human, kind of. He definitely merged a lot of people, but the ends justify the means, right? That's fair. <laughs> Horus, being his father's favorite, naturally bowed to the emperor, said thank you, and then looked him in the eye and said, what in the actual fuck? I've spent years trying to build bridges with my brothers, and you want to put me in charge? Yeah, because that's what brothers love when one of them gets special treatment. I would never betray their trust like that. Then Daddy Dearest said, oh, you get to sit in the big boy chair and blow shit up. I'll even let you hug me. Not the real me. I left two weeks ago, but you can put a Marine in this projection and pretend. So Horace took the position and the Emperor went on thinking he was a good dad. And with that, I think we're going to go to a mid break. Hello and welcome to the mid break. I don't know how I'm going to do this because I pulled out of this shit out of my ass about halfway through the day, but we're going to try it and you guys are going to like it because you love me and that's a requirement to listen to this channel. First and foremost, we're going to start with our patrons. We've got, of course, the seven sins because he supports everybody all the time. Just a real supportive guy and we love him. We've got Remington Cloutier, who has so far also been on every podcast. And then we've got Evie from HR, who I am convinced is just f making a file to get rid of me. But speaking of that, Evie finally left a message, said something, spoke to us to let us know she's a real person. The patron chat, she said, sorry, I missed it. I had D&D, &D, which, all right, fair. Next up, we're going to do sponsors. Roll on over to Fan Roll Dice with our promo code Almighty C10. That is A L L M I G H T Y C10 for all you illiterate motherfuckers. That was mean. Yeah, well, to get 10% off of all of their, you know, dice and dice accessories, you know, you need them. We all play board games. And then if that's not good enough, go ahead and use our promo code L-O-Z-Lore at Nixie Gaming to get, you know, even cooler shit. Don't be a square. Roll on over there too. Just keep rolling. And while you're rolling, you're gonna get tired and to get some zip back into your life, use our promo code FUMBLING4. That is FUMBLING and the number four at Dubby Energy. Quick reminder that this is not a monster. It's not going to make you want to rip a phone book in half. It's there to make you focus. It picks you up while you're editing, doing homework, walking down the street, trying to avoid strangers, I don't know, whatever it is you need to do when you're done. You don't want to like vibrate in your chair. You just want to focus and feel awake for the first time in eight years. I believe in you. I'd also once again like to let everybody know that me and Aaron have started a clan or a guild, whatever you want to call it, on the 40k mobile game Tacticus. It's a really fun game. It's got almost every faction. 
Almost, Sean. <laughs> Almost. It's got a decent amount. I think there's like 13 factions or something like that right now. So yeah, hop on there, join us. We've had a pretty decent amount of people join us recently. I think we're up to seven or eight when it was just the two of us for a hot minute. It's a good time. Come hang out. Come join me and crit seven. I don't remember who else is in there. I'm not going to lie. And then last but not least, don't forget anytime you want to call me out of my bullshit, you can hop on Twitter, hit me up there. You can hit me up on Discord. And in our patron chat, we actually have the oops I fucked up where you can call me out directly and just talk mad shit. The merch I brought, I found a couple days ago. GW put out a secret layer style drop like Magic the Gathering. They created a 40 years of Warhammer limited edition merch collector box. Sean, I'm amazed you're not jumping on this. If you missed the news, this is GW's 40th anniversary, and they've been posting their favorite miniatures over the past 40 years, but you can now grab a box to celebrate the reign of Warhammer. Magic the Gathering did something similar with Secret Lair. I don't really care about that. Magic used to be fun, and then I, you know, got bills. And that's all for our mid-break. so awkward when nobody else talks i'm not no. i'm not judging either of you it's just I've, aaron never shuts the fuck up <laughs> so it's just so <laughs> awkward this is why i hate doing shit alone yeah it'd be so much easier if i had any idea what the fuck any of this was <laughs> trying to get you into the game yeah man well it's just too damn expensive play tacticus it's free. I didn't even know about it until like a week ago. Actually, no, I didn't even know about it until we were streaming with Aaron and Blades and everything like that the other day. You saw me play it before that. I don't think I did. Yeah, because remember you walked up behind me and you were like, are you playing another game? And I was like, it's just Tacticus. I've been playing it for a minute. I think I walked away like as you were saying that. So oh. I wasn't actually looking you. Fair. <laughs> well, you should play it, even if it's only like very casually. Because all of the story missions, they're separated into campaigns. They're all about specific campaigns from the actual lore. It's not just like a bunch of beta bullshit. Oh, okay. So it's all actually canon? Yeah. Interesting. It's all really from really cool perspectives, too, because it's not necessarily from like the books or whatever. It's from the perspective of the characters you're playing as. Gotcha. Yeah, Sean. It's really fucking cool. I don't play mobile <laughs> games. Suck my dick. Only when they get Jagari, and then I'll play it. They have Eldari. That doesn't count. That's there. You're halfway there. Nah, they're the pissy. They're the pussies. They're the pissies. <laughs> they're the pissies. Little fucking piss ants. A lot of shit. Car just went have fun. What's the fucking uh, the Gundam race? Tau. Tau. Yeah, Tau. I think is the only one that I truly would have an interest in playing, other than the um, the uh, the flood. It's not the flood. The flood. The fucking uh, god dang it. Zerg. Uh, Zerg. God dang it. It's fucking gonna kill me. Tyranids. Yeah. It was yeah. driving me insane. Yeah, well, I, I said Flood, but I meant the Zerg. <laughs> they're definitely not the Flood, but they're definitely the Zerg for StarCraft. Uh, I think, to be fair, I think uh, Tyranids came first. That very well could be possible. Did they? I think so. Because Zerg came out in... 98. 
did the nids come out? Because I thought they were relatively new. Hang on. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Relatively new. Got it. Relatively new, dude. First recognizable incarnation of Tyranid warriors appeared at Advanced Space Crusade in 1990. I'll be damned. Yeah. So Tyranids did so come before the Zerg. Starcraft, Starcraft copied off the of Warhammer with base brains and spear. I'm pretty sure that means Halo did too. <laughs> well, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Halo copied off of Starcraft. <laughs> <laughs> I won't give those Brits any credit. <laughs> is there anything, is there any random merch thing that you've seen recently or like a news, any news that you want to talk about, Sean? I mean, with 10th Ed or Warhammer 40k, the codexes are slowly coming out. So no. <laughs> my army sucks right now. So. <laughs> All right, fair. Deej, I know you don't know a damn thing about 40k. Anything. Anything at all. Give me any form of media from anything you enjoy doing. Um, I got nothing. <laughs> Not even Lords of the Fallen just got patched. They're releasing another new Soulsborn who I can't remember the name of. I have no idea what game you're talking about there. I, I just remember seeing it somewhere. I mean, there's a, the, the DLC for Elden Ring is estimated to come out in February. Woo. I'll fucking take it. Look <laughs> <laughs> Codex roadmap. It's bullshit. I'm gonna have to open that shit in browser. So we got Leviathan, of course, Nits and Space Marines, Adeptus Mechanicus and Necrons. They haven't even announced the fucking Drugari. <laughs> well, I mean, like, they haven't announced a lot of races and factions, technically speaking. But what the fuck is that kind of time frame, though? Hey, guess what, guys? In spring 2024, we're going to release five codexes. And none of which shows Eldar, Eldari, Inari. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of people have been complaining about the Eldari, so that's not that surprising. That's fair. Which... To be fair, though, the codex of the Eldari should have been released to correct GW's fucking mistake. Well, GW's mistake is releasing codexes not all at the same fucking time. I agree. I think, I mean, we've talked about this many a times. I've always said that it should be playtested and then all released at the exact same time. So, you're saying that with Warhammer because the codex is specific to each race and it's a new set of rules for new editions right not even yes. uh, armies not races that's why you see yeah. like that's why you see space marines but you also see individually the dark angels the custodes etc right, et right. Yeah. And that's kind of what I meant yeah so you're telling me that like as an edition comes out not every faction or army or whatever has their own edition that drops at the same time oh god no so GW released what we call indexes um, yeah. So indexes are basically the starter rules for the edition. So um, when 10th Ed came out in 2023, this last summer, it was, um, 
everyone had index rules, which is what they're called. Now, as codexes are released, um, those armies get a significant boost in their rule set, what they can and can't do, and additional probably stratagems and stuff like that. So it does affect the game in a way because point reductions, point increases can happen in each codex and problem with it is certain factions fall by the wayside while these factions get a boost for the foreseeable future. And most codexes don't come to fruition until, I don't know, what would you say, David? Two, three years? At least. After a new edition? But not, well, Ninth Ed was over the course of what? It was about five years old, give or take. They were, GW was doing like three year stints, maybe four. But for codex rules you probably have two years that's fair before each for each faction to get there and then after that you have one to two years of everyone having their own codex to play and then gw is like okay well it's 11th ed time let's go unless they do what they did in ninth ed which is they released all the codexes and then they about once what every two months every four months they would release an additional index with a real with that. Well, supposedly they're going to stop that in 10th ed. Yes. I'll, I'll believe it when all the codexes are out. Right. Because <laughs> once they say, oh, the money train stopped somehow, we need to we need to get that shit going again. Get the fucking money train. Oh, GW. Well, I mean, just, that's, we all know they're a company first, but goddamn. I wish they would yeah. stop. Well, it, it seems so counterintuitive to release a new edition for a game but then not have updated rules for everybody when the new edition comes out. And I, we've all agreed yep. that it I, sucks. I have literally never met a single person that thought this was a good idea. <laughs> I mean, we can all, I mean, the thing is like GW knows what they want to do with the rules. I mean, the indexes are a good indication from that. They're not changing a lot, but Unfortunately, GW thinks with the mindset of, okay, well, we need to always get that boost in sales. So the boost in sales for this year or this quarter, because you can see they go in quarters by that roadmap. Mm -hmm. That's what they're banking on. So in spring of 2024, Dark Angels, Orcs, Custos, Tau, and Chaos Space Marines are all getting their own codexes, probably getting new models during that time frame as well. And then that's GW's quarter profits. Interesting. And then they'll do it again in the summer of 2024 and then this fall of 2024 and then so on and so forth. It's a shitty business practice. It's GW though. Like, I think everyone can agree it's shitty. It was real shit. Especially like, like my codex will come out. And it's it's dope point changes, which may make you angry or may make you happy. And there's sometimes there's new weapons or at least the stats change or whatever. And it's exciting. But then, you know, two months later, they release a different codex and all of a sudden everything about my army is shit. Yeah, that's that's also GW. Like they always now the whole five action one is a little different, though. Don't you agree, David? Like that's five factions like. They're not getting a power boost that says, okay, 
this army here is going to be fucking OP. You better buy all those models and make an army. Well, I think... I know Custodes and Orcs are one of the top armies as far as, like, player base. Like, it's one of the top, most common armies. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense for those two. I don't know about Dark Angels Tau or Chaos Space Marines. I mean, Dark uh, Angels, don't get me wrong, they, are, they have a very select and very prideful group of players. So I, Dark Angels are three factions in one, technically speaking. Yeah, sort of. Uh, you got the Dark Wings, you've got the Dark Angels, and you got Deathwing. That's fair. I was thinking, I was for some reason thinking about the Fallen, but I don't know if that matters for, uh, I doubt that matters for the actual game. Mm-hmm. But what I'm wondering is if they took the more niche groups and they're just pumping them all out at once because they're not going to get their usual flood of sweaties who want the new and the newest and greatest. Yeah. But then you've also, you've got this chaos space Marine codex, which is, it's not individual. It's the same as the space Marine codex. So that also yes. kind of makes sense. Yeah. And the chaos space Marine codex basically will function just like that space Marine. Well, you probably need both. Yeah. Which is, which is a thing I don't agree with again. I don't agree with GW doing that, especially since like, Space Marine players, sure, they're a dime a dozen in regards to Ultramarine players. I was about to say fucking rude. I know. But I'm saying, like, I don't agree that you have to have the Space Marine Codex and then your chapter codex. I never agree with that. I think that's just a money grab. I I both agree and disagree. I agree because I don't want to pay for two books. I disagree Mm -hmm. because it's nice to have generalized info. But at the Uh, same time, for lore purposes and. Well, for lore lore and just having extremely basic rules in a separate book. That Mm -hmm. being said, unless I was playing more than one army, I really don't need two books. So it's kind of like. If anything, I wish the Space Marine Codex wasn't as... I wish it was like half the price of regular codexes. Yeah. I I mean, or like half the price of your chapter codex. Like... Yeah. You're not getting all the units inside the chapter codex that you should. So... Yeah. That's how GW works, Steve. That makes sense. I figured there would be more Tyranid players because I didn't hear much Tyranid in that list of popular armies. Uh, I, I think so Tyranid-, Tyranid players are actually getting there again, but they always have this wave effect. Well, that's because like almost all of Ninth Ed Tyranids were kind of shit, except for like a very minor boost. What was it last year? No, it definitely was like 2022. But yeah. then they're they're similar to pretty much all the Xenos races kind of get ignored a lot the only reason Tyranids are catching attention right now is because they just released Leviathan which was a whole book that was kind of like build your own adventure they actually let like us as players choose who was going to win that war yeah which I I mean that's okay I didn't I'm not sure if I like the idea behind it just because people could fudge the numbers that's fair. Just because, you know, like, oh, I really want Grimdark to be more Grimdark. Let's go. So um, I'm going to say I 
played as a NID player and I won 30 of my games against Space Marine players. That's, yeah. In two days. You know what I mean? Like, well, in that, I thought they only used the, um, whatever the fuck the score is from actual, the GDW sponsored ones. I mean, that's very true. Because that, those, you, you can't cook those. They have to be approved by mediators. I mean, they might just be tournament results, too. That's fair. They, it's also, it's GW. They probably didn't give a shit. You probably could have just fucking went onto their website and just typed, I want Tyranids to win. Mm hmm. Good I mean, times. right now, that is definitely an interesting time. At like, least lore wise. At least things are moving forward. Right. It's been pretty stagnant since uh, 7th edition. You might get little snippets here and there, but nothing's dramatically changed in the game lore since then. The only thing that happened was the Primarchs. Yeah. And even yeah. that was towards the end, very much towards the end of uh, Ninth Ed. Uh, I Magnus was pretty early. You said Magnus? Yeah, Magnus was the first Primarch released. Magnus wasn't a Primarch. My, I'm so sorry. Um, Primaris. That's on me. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yes, the Primarchs coming back was very important. I didn't even think about that. I meant Primaris. Magnus obviously is a Primarch. Yeah. I was just like, what? But, <laughs> I mean, both Primaris. So Primaris came with Gilliaman, right? Mm. Girly man. And... He only came back to life because of your brain. Your brain. So yeah. like Yanari and Gilliman somehow like she saw some kind of vision that said, Oh, to bring him back, we can stem the tide of whatever is about to come. Because I'm sorry, Eldar are dicks. <laughs> Both sides. I mean, Dakari are absolutely like, monstrous. And then Eldaris are just dicks. Well, it's it's the it's the difference between like you know murder, rape, and grumpy old people who don't like change. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> so the grumpy old people that don't want change are also the ones that are going like, okay, so there's a Tyranid fleet coming here. Um, they're about to hit our craft world shit in about thirty days. What can we do to stem that tide? And no, I'm sorry, with orcs. Orcs are about to come and infect the ne- like a crap world or something like that. And what's uh, Eldrad, that douchebag? Um, he basically made sure a ship shot at the orc rock and then led them to a human world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, one trillion people or one Us. million crap worlders. Uh, they chose the crap worlders. I will say this. This is going to make me sound horrible, but like the lives of the many over the lives of the few or whatever. Mm-hmm. Aldari are very close to going extinct. They're becoming less and less every year. That's very true. Whereas I mean, the humans at this point, they're basically come sprinklers 
and they're fertilizing everything. They're popping out babies left and fucking right. They well, can lose yeah. a planet. <laughs> I mean, I think if you want to think about it, the humans of 40k are basically the skaven of Warhammer Fantasy now. I think that was a good connection between that's, the two worlds. That's very fair. So Jakari, though, if you don't know their lore, they are not that. They are they clone a lot. Like, to the point where their population sometimes engulfs entire high planet. I didn't realize there was that many of them. Yeah, they're not they're not the stagnant race that the Eldar is. Like, so they actually have two different types of casts. Uh, they have True Bloods, which are basically the old way of how a Eldar is born. Which, if you don't know that lore, which is a weird one that I found out, they have to have like sex every day to provide DNA every day for the child to be born. God, could you imagine so, having sex every day and the end result being a child? Right. <laughs> well, I mean, not that like so like if they like took a day off because they went on like some binger, that they wouldn't have a child. I'm talking like it, it was like ritualistic, like, oh, it's ten o'clock, it's time to spread those legs, girl. And like <laughs> you know, like it's that's how they had to do it. So like Jabari are raping and pillaging all the time, so I, I can't imagine that was too hard for them, but it's even hard for them to have a true born kid. Though yeah, those are though that's why that race is like pretty much extinct because it takes so goddamn long for them to have an actual child. As opposed to the nine months for humans. Yeah. The full year for an Eldar to gestate and on top of which they have to have constant DNA injections from the dad. So much work. Right. I like how you call it DNA injections too. I'm going to use that line. Hey. Hey girl. I mean, <laughs> or, you should. Let me see how that goes. <laughs> Can I just say, <laughs> as a Drakari player, we get absolutely no attention. We got new models in 2005, well, 2008-ish, and then it stopped. <laughs> Nothing since then. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, we got little upgrades here and there. Like, you know, we got Lilith got a new model. Yuri and Rakrath got a new model. Drazar got a new model. But after that, no Lovins. No new models. Didn't they just take half of those away? No, they're still there. Oh, okay. And the sad thing is, you know, the points keep increasing. And since I've been playing since 2005, um, I've got a lot of models that I can't even use during games now. Yeah, but you also just have a lot of models. I do. I, I mean, I probably have about $10,000 worth of Jakari models. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's over the course of 10 years, though. That's $1,000 a year. <laughs> 20 years now, man. <laughs> oh, Almost. It's $500 a year. That's not that bad. Yeah. And then the top of it, what, what game are you playing now, Mango? Tacti that, uh, Tacticus? Yeah. What the fuck's that? Where's my Jakari in there? I'm sure they'll show up eventually. Oh, yeah. Like last edition. Like, hey, this well, game's about to be uh, scrapped. Um, we're going to attack this too, but here's your car is that last little niche army. People, let's go. To be fair, 
the way they introduce new characters is they do a story about those characters. Mm-hmm. How are they going to introduce Drukhari? They ain't Lola. I mean... They could start with Yvrain <laughs> from the Yonkarn or the um, Yanari and in the lore currently Lilith is joining Yvrain. Is she? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, there's like um, a couple lores right now where Slanesh, Demon Prince slash basically an assassin. I can't remember what that model's name is been sent to kill Yvrain because actually Slanesh is feeling threatened by this new god that's being created and he sent an assassin to kill Yvrain and basically this thing's like a beat like I don't know two times steroids if you want to call it that I mean it's a crazy thing and five characters had to defend against it so you had Yvrain of course you had the young card. You had Yvrain's sort of wacky follower, if you want to call him. I can't remember her. He's like a, a dude that was like fell in love with her when she was a craft worlder who then she went into Kamara to join a witch cult. And he went into Kamara and joined an incubus cult. So he just like a little yes boy almost. <laughs> um, and then he had Lilith. After Yvrain showed her promise of trying to unite the entire Eldari race now, Lilith joined her and one other. I think it's the dude with that beer. He's an he's an Eldari crap worlder, but I just can't remember. He has like a cursed weapon. Maybe someone else in the comments can tell us later, but I can't remember his name. I'm sure they will. Then again, with how very rarely I see anybody play Drukari, there's a good chance that nobody knows what the fuck you're talking about. Well, I mean, so it's both, <laughs> right? So Yvrain, or the Yanari are actually a amalgamation of both, or three actually, Drukari, Harlequins, and Eldar. Eldari. Yeah. They're all the same race. Now they're united with a new faction which I didn't really care for. I mean, I bought the book back in 2017, I think is when they came out, and I cried them. I actually bought, like, Eldari models, like, I had Wraith Knights and Wraith Guard and everything in between, and I was like, I don't really like this, so I sold those. That's fair. And then I bought Moldrakari. I'm not edgy enough for you. No, no, man. I need spikes. I need to like feel like if I touch my model, I could bleed from getting pricked by one of the sails. Like I had to have. What a very Drukari thing to say. I know, <laughs> a little edgy. So, what do you think, Deej? You interested in 40k yet? Uh, this was a lot of information to absorb all at one time. I probably got about 25 percent of it. Uh, from what I understand, the Eldar and Drukari uh, are very rapey, very dark. Um, no, no, just the Drukari. Sorry, Drukari. Just the, the Eldar are just dicks. Okay, well, fair. And from what I know of previous knowledge, the tower just incredibly racist. Well, kind of. It's more like, hey, I see you over there. You want to be part of me? No, well, I'm going to do it by force. Um, That's literally the exact opposite of racist. 
Well, <laughs> as I said, racist. I was like, no, it's not racist. Uh, uh, it's still, it's, technically, Tao are sort of racist because they like, you know, oh, I'm going to conquer your planet. Um, you're going to be part of our civilization, but we sort of want you on the backfield. Like, you're going to be the ones that clean up our shit. Fair. Yeah, all right, no yeah. weapons for you. <laughs> like, That's not true. They The crew all have weapons. Yeah, but they brought them. they're not getting the towel blasters and the towel mech suits like the crew are doing just fine well the crew are actually getting new models in that towel empire codex i would actually buy a crew model i think crew actually you can almost run an entire faction of them that would be amazing uh crew for all of you listening are weird bird people that can eat the brains of pretty much anything and gain like memories and stuff like that yeah also evolution traits too yeah they can't if they eat enough of brains they will straight up just it just makes them better in general Mm -hmm. there's actually one of the rogue trader books i read it was really good because there was a crew that had eaten so many brains. He had changed so much that other crew considered him an outsider, but he had gained millennia of knowledge, both in combat and otherwise. There was he, there was almost nothing he didn't know, and he was also an expert like sniper and shit like that because he had just consumed so many soldiers' brains. That's fair. And crew are definitely one of those like minor races that are pretty cool. Yeah, they're minor races that are like... I would not mind you getting more like time in the limelight and that's where it comes like if they were to make their own faction book i'd be okay with crew 100 but then that'd be another thing i'd have to buy yeah that'd be a whole another thing plus a whole other army to start buying that's like me and my my dwarves squats squats i got squats Fucking uh, legs of Odam. Yeah, I only, I only built like four legs so far. <laughs> say four legs? You didn't even build the yeah. whole fucking much, Jesus. You bought those like six months ago. <laughs> I know it's it's hard to when you have kids, man. Like, yeah, and you didn't even lot. have to fuck for a year. You see my point? I know. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, it's been a real weird episode. We definitely technically got off topic, but at the same time, it was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. Sean, I know, likes to be a nerd when he can. Deej, did you have a good time listening? (laughs) Tune in next week for a more better episode. Crit should be back or he'll be dead. One of the two, probably back. Don't worry about it. If he's not back, it was Ariel. Don't uh, don't forget. Like I said before, look us up on Tacticus. Check out our Patreon. You don't have to become a patron, but there are some pretty cool prizes. There's even one that's just a dollar tier. Everybody's got a dollar. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Warhammer Lorecast. If you like the show, please leave a five star review. Tell a friend. That's how we grow. And stay tuned on that Patreon coming soon. And finally, shortly within the next week, we'll have our Twitter up and running. Make sure you reach out to us. Tell us what you think. And of course, show us those armies. 
Until next time, dear listener, remember, in the 41st millennia, there is only war.